if you currently have a toddler, preschooler, or kindergartner, you're definitely gonna wanna take advantage of the resources that Ms. Cara is sharing with us today. Thank you to today's podcast sponsor, Sheer Dynamics. Hey there, talented stylist, barbers, estheticians, and massage therapists. Are you looking for a fantastic opportunity to showcase your skill and grow your clientele? Well, look no further. Sheer Dynamics Upscale Salon and Spa is now offering booth rental. In a great location behind Crossroads Mall on 3rd Street in Way Park, Minnesota, they have large custom stations in a fun environment. Enjoy the freedom of being your own boss. If you're interested or know someone who might be a great fit, call 320-251-5009, 320-251-5009 and ask for Linda or head on over to their website, SheerDynamicsMN.com. Thank you, Linda Wander and Sheer Dynamics for your sponsorship of the No Problem Parenting Podcast. You're helping us help more families. Hey there, parents. Thanks for listening to the No Problem Parenting Podcast. Are you ready to become the confident leader your kids crave you to be? Are you losing your crap on your kids, yelling, giving in, and exhausted at the end of every day? You are already a good parent, and I'm sure you've sought advice from friends or family. You've read books on your child-specific behavior problem. Maybe you've even signed them up to see the school counselor or an outpatient therapist. But despite your efforts to find the right person or thing that will help, your family is still struggling. You're tired of pretending everything's okay. Well, if your confidence is shot and you feel like you're failing your kids, but you also don't have a ton of time or money, register to become a no problem parent. You can start building confidence in your parenting immediately, whether your child is a toddler or all grown up and still living in your house. Don't make this parenting gig harder than it needs to be. Become a no problem parent today. Hey, welcome back, No Problem Parents. In today's episode, we are focusing on the birth to five-year-old kiddos. And even more niche than that, we're talking specifically to you who have raised these littles through a pandemic. And yes, there are differences. My guest today, Ms. Cara Tyrell, is going to share with us how parenting zero to five-year-olds is different since the pandemic. We're gonna talk about conscious parenting, but also collaborative parenting, which is a methodology that Cara created. And she's gonna talk about soul and science-based parenting. You're gonna learn a technique that you can use right away today. And her special 12 days of Christmas toddler mom tips launches today. It starts today. So you can jump in the link in the show notes and get started with that 12 days of Christmas toddler challenge and turn your Christmas chaos into calm and connected moments. I'm super excited to welcome you to the show, Cara. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to have, I can just tell this is going to be a really important conversation. Yeah. And I am thrilled to have met you and to know about your resources and services now, because you are really helping that age zero to five, that um, you're filling a need and a gap that didn't even exist four years ago or pre-COVID. So today we're going to talk about these two very important subjects. One is collaborative parenting and the other is the COVID generation. And before we get into all of that, just give us a little bit of your background and why you shifted your your model. I'd love to. Yeah. So I am a born and raised Vermonter and I raised my girls here too. They are adults. They're 18 and 20. Um, but having 
a thumb in the, the, the world of little kids has always been something that was part of my life as a teacher. So I was a preschool teacher. I was a kindergarten teacher. And every single year, I loved the kids more and more and felt more disillusioned that they just kept coming to class less and less ready to learn in every area of the classroom is how I say it. So parents would say to me, you know, we're just thrilled. We're just, we love you. We're thrilled that you're their first teacher. And I'd say, I love them too, but I'm not, I'm not, you are, and you were because birth to five is where 85% of foundational brain growth, the literal size of a child's brain grows and develops. And they go, whoa. Okay. So once we were on the same page, things got better. They did. And we were able to work together. And so I realized if that's the solution, if working with the parents, if teaching them the education that they need, the awareness that they need, and the strategies that they need to teach their children to be truly ready to go to school and learn was the answer then I couldn't do that job from a kindergarten classroom. I had to leave and I had to create a program and an outreach system that got to parents when their kids were two and three and four. And we worked together then. And then everything else just fell into place. And these kids would go to school and their new kindergarten teachers would say, oh my gosh, they're such good friends. They know how to be social and kind to each other. They know how to listen when it's my turn to talk. And they, yep, they Mm -hmm. do because we taught them how. That is so cool. And it's more, what you're doing is more than ABCs and one, two, threes, which I think a lot of us as parents, when our kids are little, we are teaching. That's what we're teaching to get them ready for school. That's what we think is, you know, when we want to make sure they know their alphabet or at least most of the letters and the numbers and things, but there's so much more to it, including that social aspect. And, um, and that really took a hit for many kiddos that, uh, were born during COVID or toddlers during COVID, right? Absolutely. So what you just tagged into is so important. There are four areas of learning readiness when you go to school, knowing your ABCs, one, two, three colors and numbers is called your cognition. And that is one of the four areas. And so if you're listening and you have a little, I want you to know that it's, you are someone who's been told that this is your job and you're doing it really, really well. Okay. But now it's just time to expand and know what the other three are, which are social, emotional, the ability to be, uh, to have interpersonal skills, that high level of emotional intelligence where you can engage with another person and physical body control to understand what you're feeling when you're feeling it, how to control your body around it, how not to use your body to communicate with other people like little kids do when they push mm-hmm. and how to sit and and be part of a group setting. So those are the the other three and you are exactly right. The majority of the learning around this holistic development process for for a kiddo happens by going out in the world when they're young with their parents. 
by going to parties, by going to little court classes together, maybe music class or daddy and me class, by engaging with other people, hearing lots of different voices and having different expectations being put on you because of the different settings you were in. None of that happened during COVID. There's this thing called positive peer pressure that exists for toddlers and preschoolers. And it exists outside of the home. When you're seeing other kids in your similar age bracket doing or not doing other things, saying or not saying these things. And these kids didn't have that modeling and that interactive positive peer pressure. And so what we're seeing now is that, well, first, let me just back up and say my definition of the COVID generation. I believe, based on the data that I'm seeing, that there's two subsets to this COVID generation. The babies that were born in 20 and 21 are the true COVID babies. They are now preschoolers. The kiddos that were here They were one year old. They were two years old when the world shut down and were in the middle of their toddler and preschooler developmental leaps. They're now kindergartners. They're now first graders. So there's this, so you you know who you are. You are all pandemic parents. You all parented through a pandemic. But you either have a child that had a before and an after experience, or you have a kiddo who knew nothing except what it meant to live inside a COVID world. Like I was mentioning to you, even before we started recording, you know about this if you've had a baby two years before COVID or during COVID, but your friends and family who had older kids have no idea what you're going through and how to help you through it because they have nothing. They didn't have that same experience. So it is, I really want to honor it because it is a different thing. Like parenting in general is tough, Mm -hmm. but when you don't have friends and family or supports or resources that can understand what you're going through because you were completely shut down, shut in and couldn't even as a stay at home mom or dad couldn't take your kids out and do anything. Right. And that is really important to note. It It's huge. And knowing it and understanding it is step one. Seeing what's happening with our kiddos now is step two. Because you lived inside survival mode for so, 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 so long. Nobody's supposed to stay in a survival mode that long. The, we're supposed to feel like these survival experiences are short, intense, bursts of time where we then solve our problem Mm -hmm. and come back to center and feel like we're inside our own world and our life and we're in control again. But we lived in an out of control world for so long that it's hard for a lot of parents to break away from that habitual state of being even now. But we are seeing these COVID kids, all of their delays are starting to just come out in full force. They're late to talk. They're late to walk. They have incredibly high levels of social anxiety and fear about being around groups of people that they don't know. That includes a classroom with other kids. Mm -hmm. A daycare. 
day that includes daycare, you know, they they really feel soothed by technology because that was the self-soothing strategy that was used more than parents wanted it to be. So we're seeing some early tech addictions. The emotional regulation capabilities of these kids is it's a tough space. They don't know how, what they're feeling. They don't know how to process what they're feeling. And so their behaviors are off the charts. And so we're just seeing all of the, this starting to happen in the social setting that you're now sending your kid to. Here's the hardest part of all for parents. Even if all of this is resonating and you're like, yes, oh my gosh, I finally feel seen. I finally feel heard. I finally feel understood. The world has not changed its expectations of you or your kid. The check boxes that say your child is passing haven't changed. The testing programs, all still the same. So you've got a kid who's delayed by no fault of their own, parents who were overwhelmed for so long, no fault of their own, who are now being told your child has no friends because they don't know how to approach others in an appropriate way to engage play. And they're overstimulated in the large classroom sizes or the large daycare rooms, right? And they don't know how to handle the noise. It's very overwhelming for them. And so you're getting the calls at work saying, come pick up your kid. And parents are just like, what am I supposed to do? You're the daycare provider. You're the teacher. You're supposed to know how to, how to help my kid get through this. Your services, your resources are very important and helpful for daycare providers and teachers, early childhood educators as well. Let's get into some of that before we get too far ahead. There is a difference between conscious parenting and collaborative parenting. Kind of give us the difference between that conscious and collaborative parenting. Absolutely. Yeah. I love this. So So conscious parenting goes by many names, right? It depends on what you decide feels really right to your heart as a parent. There's gentle parenting, respectful parenting, conscious parenting. It's all out there. Positive parenting. Positive parenting. Exactly. Um, No problem parenting. I love it. I love it. All of those stem from inside us, the parent, the adult. It comes from a deep well and a desire to do things differently and show up differently for our kids so that we can have a really deep relationship with them and get different results. Collaborating, by definition, is a team-based experience. When you think of collaborating, you think of a corporate team. They have to work together. When you think of a collaboration or a partnership in the world, right? It's partly what you want to get out of it. It's partly what I want to get out of it. And then we compromise to make it happen. So I designed my collaborative parenting methodology in a very similar way that we share a similar goal. Nobody feels good when they're in meltdown mode. Nobody wants to be crying, right? Mm -hmm. That we share a similar goal that I have a voice as a parent that you have a voice as a child and that we get to work together to collaborate on a potential solution that solves our current problem. Then we try it. And if it doesn't work out exactly the way we hoped with that shared vision, then we create a new plan together. This does two things. It anchors that parent-child relationship. It's what I call the core four connectors. 
that we are bonded by mutual trust, respect, honesty, and an open communication channel where we can talk about anything, even if it's hard. It also teaches those executive functioning skills that your child needs to be practicing for when they're an independent thinker when they go to school. It teaches them how to cognitively plan. Oh, I have a problem. I I need an idea. The first thing I need is, let me try that first. If it doesn't work, what will I try next? And we are right there with them, supporting them through those early thinking processes in their youngest years. Can we use an example, maybe a specific example? Because you're talking about collaboration between you and your child. Am I getting that right? Yes. So if I'm thinking of collaborative parenting, my first thought was, oh, she must mean like you're on board with the teacher or the daycare provider. And, you know, if it's a two parent home, both parents are all the same. But this is really about you and your kiddo. Yes. This is between parent and child. Uh, Yeah. So let's do. okay. so let's do a little example with a two and a half year old. Okay, so we had a little dinner party the other night. Uh, one of my clients came with their two and a half year old and it was all adults except this little one. <laughs> She's oh a rock star. Rock star. Um, and I watched her use this at the end of the evening. It was beautiful. She went up to her two and a half year old and she said, we have to leave the party soon. It's almost time for us to leave the party. And she got exactly the response that you would expect, Right. Right. Well, I don't want to go. I go. Yeah. This is too fun. Everyone's playing with just me. <laughs> Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, well, we have to go. The party's almost over. Will we leave the party in five minutes or 10 minutes? What do you choose? This is an example of giving your child a voice, letting them feel seen and heard. And the fact that when we share power, We don't actually give up power. We only strengthen the fact that we're both in it together. So the kid chose, I mean, she's two and a half and brilliant, 10 minutes, of course, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, fine. The timer goes on the phone. You chose 10 minutes. What will we do for, what will you choose to do with your last 10 minutes? Playing, playing, playing. The little reminders come in, right? Oh, look, look, it's down to five. Now we have five minutes left. When the timer goes off, what are we doing? Time to clean up and go. Yep, right? And so we're, there's no power struggle. There's just a decision that was made by the child. The space that was created and the boundaries around it held by the parent. And this little one is very practiced in this methodology. And so there were no tears. The timer went off. She cleaned up, said goodbye to everybody, gave the hugs and kisses, and into the car she went. Yeah. And I love this because you're saying five or 10 minutes, obviously the parent is giving only choices that they can live with in that moment. They're not saying, do you want to stay for 10 minutes or an hour? If the parent's not able to stay for an hour and then including your kiddo in the decision-making, which helps them feel in in control. And then let's say that kiddo wasn't well-versed in collaborative parenting (laughs) and the meltdown happened. Then what? So in my course, I teach a bunch of transition strategies for when that happens. And so my favorite is to give them even more opportunities to make the choice. 
Because when kids feel out of control, when anybody feels out of control, more than anything, they want to take control. Mm -hmm. So if you have an out of control kid and you play the power card because you're the parent, all you're doing is bumping off against each other and creating more of that explosiveness. Right. So resistance creates strategy. resistance. Exactly. You go into your tug of war, rubber band, yep. power struggle. Which ends in you scooping them up, kicking and screaming and buckling into the car. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have this strategy, this technique that I've designed that I call five to one and done. And it's inside this technique, your child has five more chances to make the choice on their own terms while you are every single step of the way saying you can make this choice or I'm going to have to help you make it. So that little, like that little warning is built in. You are totally capable of doing this on your own. And I'm going to give you some time to do it as we move towards the door right? <laughs> or if I have to, I will scoop you up and take you out, right? Mm-hmm. So this idea that we don't get to make those final decisions as parents is something I hear a lot. They're like, wait, does that mean that your child's in control all the time and we're just, it's all child-led? No, it means that based on where they are in that moment, we're going to meet them there. If they're so far gone, right? If they're brand new to this and they went from zero to 60. They're kicking, screaming, puddle on the floor, meltdown. This isn't going to work. You see where they're at? They're too far gone. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our COVID kids, that's their reality. They don't understand how that middle ground works yet. They either have, t- they have two states of being. They're either in control, regulated, life is good, smiling, having a great time, mm-hmm. or they shoot straight to I'm overwhelmed, overstimulated. I don't know how to make sense of this. So I'm just going to shut down. Mm -hmm. We need to lovingly create opportunities for them to practice the middle ground that they missed out on. So I love that five to one and done. So is it like five more chances, like one, two, three magic, the kid where you have to say two, two and a half, three, (laughs) which I don't recommend parents. That's not how that technique was designed. Like if you're doing that, throw that technique out, your kiddo is not responding well to it. Right. Uh, And and some kids, you know, you give them two or three or four more chances, they'll take a mile. It's like give an inch, they'll take a mile. Right. And it's almost like, Oh, let me see. I can just push this issue two or three more times. And what are you going to do about it? And then parents that gets you just boiling. So then that's when we, we kind of parent with all the power. Right. And because I said, so stuff comes in. So how, how does this, how does the five to one work? Well, so the first thing is uh, one, two, three magic is not magic to me because you're counting up and there's never a built-in end. There's no ceiling. There's an infinity. And once your kid catches on to that infinity, forget it. Mm -hmm. We need the structure around it. So I count backwards because that brings us to a literal floor, a breaking point where something has to happen. So the five, four, three, two, one, it's, it's, I break it down. So it's five and you take a full deep breath and you remind the child you chose 10 minutes. The timer went off. 
it's time to clean up or it's time to go, whatever your decision was mm-hmm. at the end of that. And that full breath matters because kids process what we say at a much slower rate than we say it. So we need to give them time to process. And I do the multimodal, right? So I show them the five on my hand Mm -hmm. as I say it with my mouth, take my full breath, make the reminder. So there's opportunity number one to make a different choice, but I'm guiding this for, I take another full breath. I show them, I say it. This time I don't remind anything. I just leave the space because they're still processing. Mm -hmm. Three, show and say, nice full breath. And then I give the directive. It is time to go. You can choose to walk out the door or you're choosing that I help you. But we are getting to an ending point. So there's reminders and there's directives. The other thing I want people to notice is how short my sentences are. Yes. Really short, six words or less. We are not going to overwhelm these kids with more to process when they're already struggling to do what we are asking them to do. So good. Right? And then we just, two... I don't say anything after that one. I leave space. And then one, usually all it takes by the time you get to one is the lilt of your voice. One, right? That up we go. And then I say done. I say, and I sign it with my hands. Okay. You chose that I need to help you this time. That's totally fine. I don't get worked up. I'm not angry. I'm not judgy. I am not apologizing to the people around me for their choices or their behavior. You you didn't have it in you this time. It's fine. I will help you. It's so matter of fact. I love that. And I teach that all the time, that matter of fact response where we don't have to join in at the same level of emotion or match the child's emotion. And of course, it doesn't always look pretty when you've got a kid that's, you know, kicking and screaming because they just couldn't get it together and they really are stuck. It doesn't look pretty, but we just don't have to join in on that emotion with it. Like, it's okay for them to be that frustrated. We don't have to be scoop them up and get them in the car. And I love that with repetition, the more times you do this, the less it's going to happen, period. Mm Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. And the mindset shift, I know that's important to you. That's something that you teach and it's at the core of your work. I encourage parents to visually observe their child in that moment as a child who is dysregulated, not currently capable of meeting the expectation that you set, as opposed to a misbehaved, or I don't even like to say the word, B-A-D child. I'm like, I'm just like, I got goosebumps on my legs. It's like, (laughs) preach, Cara, because it is so important. And I think years ago, 
we didn't have to maybe necessarily break these things down. It was a different time. There was a lot of different things going on. And so for some parents, they think, oh my gosh, like put all this work in or like I have to, why can't I just say what I mean and then have my kid do it? Well, you can do that. If that's working for you, great, keep doing it. But for those of you that this is resonating with, Kara's collaborative parenting approach, and this is just one of the techniques I might add, this five to one and done, is just really brilliant. And I would just love to hear from the listeners today how it's working for them when they incorporate this uh, into their parenting. I love the counting down from five to one because there is, it's like, okay, one, the decision's being made. And instead of going one to five, where it's like, we can keep upping the ante or there's more numbers to be, you know, stated. And then the other thing I really love about it is that at number five, you're reciting, you're repeating what the goal is or what the job is uh, that they need to make that choice. But then you only do it that one time and, and you're saying so little so that the parent doesn't get on a therapy session with the mm-hmm. child or a explaining session with them. And just, it, it comes out, starts to come off really preachy. And, uh, and, and sometimes parents will say to me, well, they're not going to remember what I said. They were, they were too loud when I, when I stated it or something. It's like, mm, no, have more faith in your kiddos. They are super brilliant and smart. They'll figure it out. Yes. Oh, oh overestimating what our kids are capable of. I want that to be the new normal instead of underestimating them because of their chronological age. Absolutely. And honestly, I mean, if your child really is like howling, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In that type of meltdown, they have to come up for air at some point. They have to take the breath. So wait, Wait until the breath is being taken. Even if it's one of those shattery breaths, just wait and then use your calm, clear voice with your six words or less sentence and get it in there. Yep. And coming at it from observing the child, not feeling pressured to fix or solve or match that emotion. I just love this all so much. You talk about the collaborative parenting methodology as a soul and science-based framework. What does that mean? So for me, the soul of the connection that we have with our kids is the basis for all of this working. Parents come to me and they're like, here's my problem. Prescribe me a strategy that works, but they skip the soul. They, they go right over it. They just want that easy button, right? To push. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Here's your prescription. Let me know if it works. That connection, why we're choosing the strategy we're choosing. Who is my child? What are the characteristics of this human being that I created? They're not a carbon copy of me. They're not a mini me. Maybe humor is what diffuses me when I start to get elevated, but it doesn't seem to be working for my kid. Maybe that's not a strategy I should choose next time. Perhaps logic is the strategy that works better for this little person that I created. We dissect in my course, it's six modules. And the first three are all about that soul dissection. Who did you bring into the world? Let's really get to know them at a deep level. And the last three, 
are the science-based strategies and techniques that I bring you from my early childhood background. And some of them, of course, like the one I just shared that I've created to really match the program. I love this. And so if you have several kiddos and maybe things went smooth with your first one, and then you're like on number two and you're going, I don't know what's happening here. Like none of my stuff is working that I used with number one. Maybe you and child number one were more in line in your personalities and your ability to communicate with each other. And number two is throwing you for a curveball. It would be a good time for you to check out CARS program, Transforming the Toddler Years. Before we get into all the ways that people can reach out and connect with you, You talk about one other thing that I was curious about is your parenting mission statement. Mm -hmm. And so what is a parenting mission statement and why is that so important? Yes. And this is one of the, this is the first thing that we do because the minute we become a parent, all of a sudden this gateway opens in our soul and in our brains. And we're like, I have all these dreams. I have all these visions for who I want to raise. And that's about it. We leave it there. Right. But we need to really pull it out of ourselves down to the characteristic level. Who do you want to raise? What type of person do you want to release into the world as an adult so that they can make their mark and add value to it? And so we do this work. And my parenting mission statement sounds um, a lot like, It's my goal to raise compassionate, empathetic kids who take responsibility for their actions while also, and I just keep going. And so I pull these, these real world engaging characteristics and that's who I wanted to raise. So when I get stuck, when we would get stuck and my kids were little, I'd be bumping up against a situation and the teacher, it, it involved talking to the teacher, say. And one of my core desires is to raise a kid who can take responsibility for their actions and advocate for themselves. So I would say to my kids, this is your job. I can help you with what to say, but you are the one who needs to go up to your teacher at the end of class and say it. I just absolutely love this so much. So it's not about mom or dad stepping in and fixing when the teacher calls. It's like you're the, they need to call to inform you and you get to coach your kid on how to solve this problem that they have caused or this mistake that they have made, which empowers the child, gives them the confidence, the self-esteem, the self-regard that, hey, I can do this and allows them to feel a bit of discomfort when they do mess up or they harm somebody, you want them to feel that because the result of making it right, that's my, one of my uh, free downloads is the make it right technique allows them to like, I can do this. I can make right what I did wrong. And then just that esteem and the, the pride and the feeling of, I can do this. I can achieve this. I just absolutely love everything that you're teaching Cara. I'm so excited to have met you. I'm just so glad to have met you too. Let me capstone this for your listeners. Okay. Because I know it sounds like, oh my gosh, this is so much work, but it's so worth it. Right. My 20 year old. Now we did all of this when she was young and all the way up through, I got this text from her. She lives in Tennessee now (laughs) on Wednesday. Hey mom, I just thought this is a great moment to share with you. I have a water leak in the house that I'm renting, and that's why my electric bill was so high. 
I called the water department. I got in contact with my landlord. I scheduled an appointment for them to come and fix the problem Monday. And I feel like that was a very adult situation, which I handled semi-okay. Oh, she aced it. (laughs) Doing a happy dance over here, right? Because I was like, nope, your first grade teacher gets to hear this from you. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. When they go off to college and they start adulting on their own, they're prepared to figure out how to handle situations and problem solve and brainstorm. And it also speaks to the collaborative parenting and the relationship that you have with your daughter that she'd even think to text you that. Right. And want you to know. One of the things that I've noticed, and for anyone who is ready to dive into this collaborative parenting journey, let me fast forward the movie for you to the end. We tend to think that our kids will not get to the point where they thank us for all our hard work until they become parents themselves. And they're like, whoa, now I get it because I'm in it. The payout happens much sooner when you truly team up with your child from their earliest years. I have another uh, text that came in from her a while ago and it said it was just a random day and she had been having a hard time and she came out on the other side of it. And she said, I just want to thank you for always letting me be who I am and who I needed to be so that I could grow into the person I am today. That one brought me to tears. Yeah. I was just going to say, it gives me goosebumps. And that one was, oh, she's really recognizing that the characteristics that she's using in the world came from all the hard work we did together. That is so awesome. And parents, that is a story that is more common than you think when you intentionally decide how you want to parent your kiddos and the relationship that you want to have with them. Before we wrap up today, you have a freebie for our listeners. We're going to actually publish this episode the day that your freebie or your challenge starts. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So it's the holiday season and I'm here to serve because it can be overwhelming and exhausting at best when toddlers are inside holiday moments. (laughs) Um, So I have a 12 days of Christmas toddler tips challenge. We uh, it's so easy. It's three minutes a day. It's a pre-recorded video where I sing to you from the 12 days of Christmas song. And I wear a little Santa hat and we tackle a tip a day for things like too much sugar, refusing to nap, the long car ride to the family's house, all the things that are going to trigger you. And I give you tips on how to manage them. So I would love to see you inside that challenge and hear at the end of it that you were able to apply some of these and have some more magic and less meltdowns over the holiday season. Oh, I love it so much. And so we have a link in the show notes for the 12 days of Christmas toddler challenge. And we also have a link to your website um, so that parents can learn all about your groups, your programming, your coaching, and then your courses too. So you offer a course. Is it a group course? It is. It's a live group course and we meet together for six weeks and we make that transformation of the soul and the science-based strategies. 
Love it. And that one's going to launch in January. Your next one, right? It's coming up in January. So awesome. All right. Well, Cara, I just, uh, like I said, can't thank you enough. If parents, if you're dealing with managing uh, toddler meltdowns, if you're getting calls from daycare or school that your kid is not socializing with the other kids, crying a lot, um, isolating, not engaging, not interacting. Kara is your resource. She's your go-to. I'm super excited to connect you with her and let us know, leave us a, a comment when you try the five to one and done technique. Thanks again so much for being with me today, Kara. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for amplifying this message. All right, that's it for today's episode of the No Problem Parenting Podcast. Hey, thanks guys for tuning in. If you found value in today's episode, click the subscribe button and share it with other parents who might need a little boost. Stay connected on our socials by following at No Problem Parents for more parenting tips and get your free download of the 60 ways to respond to your kids without losing your cool. Go to noproblemparents.com. Until next time, remember, your confidence comes from embracing both successes and setbacks. So take a deep breath embrace the chaos and remember you got this.